The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hey, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, and I'm here with my co-host, Keith Campagna. Hey, everyone. How you doing, How Keith? Are we? You're doing well, thanks, Ira. Good. So what's been going on in your world this week? Well, prepping prepping this week for next week's candy uh, event and the EREs, which really puts a lot of focus on the candidate engagement experience with regards to recruiting and seeing how companies are coming to terms with the new reality that's in front of them, working with other people. Yeah, and ERE, uh, just for uh, everybody's reference out there, is uh, electronic uh, recruiting Um can't remember what it is. Yeah, I know what Todd is, but it's got a great newsletter and I just comes every day. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we should should know that. But uh, yeah, ERE. We've got uh, a lot of ex- that up. We got a lot. I got a lot of excitement feedback from the first show last week. It seems like we've we've kind of pulled tapped on the shoulder of a lot of people. They're looking to learn more about what what's going on out there. Everyone's pretty busy anymore with what's right in front of them. So, yeah, we got a full. Yeah, and we've got uh, our schedules filling up uh, for October is actually booked, and uh, most of November we got some exciting, exciting guests. Uh, we'll yep. we'll talk a little bit more about more of them in the future. Um, we do want to. Th- uh, I've too gotten a lot of good feedback. Uh, I want to personally thank everyone who tuned in last week mm-hmm. and who's certainly there today. Uh, just as a reminder, if you missed the episode or you want to catch last week's then uh, we can, uh, you can catch it on iHeartRadio. We're now live on, uh, on demand uh, on iHeart, so we're good to go there. And uh, we'll be talking about that, but I, I don't want to put any more delay in here. Hey, Jason, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? I can. Hey, Jason Pfeiffer, uh, this is Ira, and I'm here with uh, Keith Compagna, my Jason, co-host. thank you for your time. Hey, no, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, hey, so i uh, just going to give a little bit of background to um, Jason, uh, editor-in-chief of uh, Entrepreneur Magazine, and I guess it was somewhere during the summer um, that I got a call from Jason, and he wrote a great article, um, Why Older People Were Trashing or, or Trash Young People. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, we're going to find out why that happened, but I got I got to share this quick story. When uh, Jason came on board, or when Jason called me uh, or contacted me, and we first had our chat, and then I, I read the article, it was like, hey, this guy just threw me under the bus because he talked about these old fogies. I think your uh, the exact words were this dyspeptic, dyspeptic fogies. Uh, recurring theme and how old guys, you know, keep trashing uh, millennials and young people. Um, the good news is I was thrown in with Joe Scarborough, who you might know from the MSNBC Morning Joe, and uh, Ben Sass, Senator Ben Sass. Uh, um, so I, I felt honored to be included among those uh, those guys. Except when I read the article, except when I got to the end, 
And then uh, you talked about how I was the recovering millennial basher, which was good. But, uh, hey, Jason, uh, it's, it's an honor to have you as part of this. And uh, we had a lot, to a lot to talk about, about what, uh, you know, what was behind that article and, um, you know, how you found me. And, uh, you know, especially going back to the history, you sort of wrote the article I wanted to always write. And I had pieces of it, but you did the research. So, so oh, let's that's great. start there. Yeah. So so let's start there. And then I know you got a, a new book coming out. Uh, we're, yeah. We want to talk about Mr. Nice Guy. Awesome. <laughs> uh, what that's about. So let's talk about the millennials. Um, you you said uh, you know when you called me you, you said you were writing this history. You were curious about why you know older generations keep trashing young people. Yeah. What'd you find out? What what prompted it? And what did you find out? <laughs> well, what I mean, what prompted it? very boringly was uh, a friend of mine who's an editor over at Medium and had asked me to do this. Uh, but the reason that he thought of me was because I have a podcast called Pessimists Archive. Pessimists Archive is a history of unfounded fears of innovation. So in each episode, we look back at the moment that a new piece of technology or innovation was introduced, and we try to understand why it freaked everybody out. Because the history, of course, of innovation is... Um, is something new is introduced, people resist it greatly, uh, those resistors fail, and then the thing that everyone resisted becomes so commonplace that nobody ever has any idea that it was resisted to begin with. So everything that you use and see around you all the time was at some point very, very terrifying and worth resisting to the people that came before us. And that is everything from novels to recorded music to the car to the bicycle to chess to coffee it goes on and on and on and on and my point in doing this in doing this podcast is that if we can look backwards and see all of these fears and we know now that all of these fears were simply unfounded then that tells you that today's fears are unfounded as well that if the people yeah, that that today the people who talk about the internet or social media or whatever you know the iPhone is harming us in some some kind of um, um, very dangerous and scary way. Those are the same people who told you that the bicycle was going to make you go insane. And those people, the bicycle were wrong, and today's people are wrong. That's I feel that very deeply. So anyway, um, because of that podcast that I do, uh, my friend over at Medium thought that I would be great to tackle this idea that that he wanted, um, which was to try to understand why old people always criticize young people. Of course, it's it's just simply the 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 time passing simply um, refutes the argument, right? I mean, if if the next generation was truly worse than the previous generation, and and every generation says that, and therefore every generation is saying that the next generation is worse, if that was true, every generation would indeed become worse, and our as a society, we would get worse and worse. But that that's not true. We get we get better and better. We become smarter. We build greater. We develop more. We become you know for for all our faults uh, as humanity today, we are actually safer and kinder than we were in the past. We improve every generation. We don't we don't become worse. So I wanted to understand what what was going on behind that. Yeah, and and you know in my my 
book, uh, which the title of the show is based on, which is Geek Skeezers and Googleization. You know, I wrote that in 2008, and I and I that was I did trash the the millennials as that young generation at that point, and and maybe they just you know may, maybe at that point they deserved it, but uh, they were going to grow up and become real people and productive adults. Uh, but uh, you know, one of the things that I always talk about is that. Um, you know, people think generation gaps are new. They think they started with the baby boomers. And I've got a, a magazine cover of Life magazine, May 17th, 1968. And, uh, you know, on that, it talks about this young uh, generation, this up and coming generation who's promiscuous, rebellious, yep. um, you know, just, you know, lazy, uh, idealistic. And, you know, that seems to be where most people went back to. But in, in you're tracing it. Um, you know, going back, um, I can't remember who it was, but it was like it was all the way back to 600 BC, and then you had yeah. a great you had a great quote from Seneca. It was a, a little little bit more current, like first first century AD. Uh-huh. You know, where it was like our young men of growth have growth slothful. You know, right, their, right. Their talents are left idle. There's not a single honorable occupation for which they will toil night and day. I yeah. mean, that could have been written yesterday, other That's than right. you know, other than this Shakespearean language. But <laughs> sure, and finding examples of that is very, very, very easy. Yeah, I mean, you said you said people think the generation gap is new. People think everything is new, and it's not. Everything is old. <laughs> everything, everything that you think is new is actually old. We we just repeat ourselves over and over again. So, uh, and it's it's like it's so easy. Just, I mean, it really just you just scratch the surface of history and you find people saying and doing exactly what we do now slightly different form like you said the language sounds a little different but the thought is the same and so i i mean that was the very first thing that i did uh in 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 this piece i uh, me and a, a research assistant that i used uh we just contacted tons and tons of academics and basically asked them you know of their time so reach out to the classics person reach out to the the medieval person and say oh, what how at, at, at the time that you are familiar with were those people articulating some level of distrust or disinterest in the next generation and then they would just write us back with their <laughs> with, with the their example. with their evidence yeah i mean it's because it just shows up everywhere every all you have to do is ask so i gathered a ton of that stuff and then i started calling some folks uh to try to really understand what was going on and one of my very favorite academics is a guy named Andrew Rabin down at the University of Louisville. I have I I I call he's a uh, he's a scholar on um, uh, medi- the sort of medieval era, and I call him whenever I'm looking for some perspective on what life was like in a similar in a familiar but very different way. You know, because the the Anglo Saxons are. Um, are, of course, uh, directly connected to uh, you know sort of American European culture, but their environment um, and their social structure was so different, and yet so many things are exactly the same. So he had he had a really wonderful observation that I ultimately kind of anchored the piece around, which was um, so he was t- he was telling me that uh, that one of the things he found and had actually just written a paper on was how. Children of the of the medieval era had been suing their parents over land because land was passed down 
by generations and there was a rule on how it was done it's basically like once the male heir reaches a certain age the land is passed down and land was everything in that time land was social status land was economic uh, ability land was everything and uh, there were t- there were lots of circumstances in which the parents were not passing the land down to the children and so then the children would sue and the you know that that the, he could tell you all sorts of stuff about that, but but the point that he made about it was that it really is a nice, very simplistic way of looking at what's going on here, where the older generation is aware that once they that that, that the new generation replaces them, you know, like it doesn't matter who owns the land, the land just gets passed down, and if you if you are to um, if you are to give in to just the, the the replacement, if you are to just say, well, the, uh, you know, my child can can run this land the same way that I can run that land, then in a way you are you are admitting your own valuelessness. <laughs> right. And um, and we don't. He you know he pointed out that the the next generation reminds us of our own mortality and of our our um, our replaceability, and we don't want to feel replaced we want to feel very very special and i and and he posited and i agree with him that part of the reason that we uh culturally always look down upon the next generation is because we don't want to see them as equal to us we don't want to see them as a replacement to us because if they're a replacement to us then what are we mm-hmm. so so where, where do you where do you fall on are you an older millennial or a young gen gen x I'm right in that. I'm right in that gray area. Yeah. So I was born in 1980, which technically makes oh, me yeah, you're right on the border. a little. Yeah. yeah, I'm a little older than a millennial, which I think the cutoff is 82. But I certainly don't identify with Gen X. So I, I honestly have never identified with the generation. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, I, I can appreciate that being the the millennial trapped in the boomer body. And uh, <laughs> I sit in the pleasantly uh, in the Generation X. Almost like the, uh, I feel like I'm the middle child wanting to know what the big deal's about between the boomers and the, the millennials. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. fine with me. Hey, I got a question for you. I love your comment about how if you were to look backwards and uh, turn around and reflect on the past, fear really wound up becoming utterly worthless yeah. because of, of the, the, the progress that was made. You know, in the in the context of, of the future of work, what, what do you think is one are maybe some of the bigger fears that that the older generations have with the millennials and the gen xers uh, or maybe even the gen z's that that are going to wind up being proved to be uh, unfounded yeah that's a good question so i i mean one of them is the I, I'd say the word entitlement is applied to millennials and probably to Gen Zers too, but Gen Zers aren't as deeply into the workforce as millennials are at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, seen as entitled, oh, these kids want to come in and they want to, um, you know, they they expect to they expect to to have uh, whatever you know worthwhile. Uh, careers and and be respected and job whatever like i can't even properly represent this entitlement argument because i think it's just so ridiculous um but i think that i think that what you'll so so there is um there's a there's a falseness to it and there's a trueness to it right and i think that it's important to appreciate both both um the trueness is that there will always every generation will come in with some some different perspective on the the workplace, their own role in the workplace, and that perspective will then um, upset the prior generation who's been in the workplace longer, right? Yep. And the so that that is that is true, and and I don't dispute that 
that the younger generation comes in with, you know, perhaps different expectations formed by their their own experiences and what they've seen of the economy as they grew up and also the technology that's available to them. But what I think that the older generation um what the older generation completely uh, misunderstands or forgets is that they did that too. That mm-hmm. when they were the younger generation, they also came in with their own perspectives and and that upset the generation prior to them. So it's a cycle and it continues to repeat itself. And if you if you are to be an older generation, if you are in an older generation and you look at yourself and your generation and you say, okay, you know what? Maybe I did that too and we turned out okay. That means that this younger generation is going to do the same. Hey, Jason, we're coming up against the break. We're going to be uh, we're going to take about a two minute break here. Um, so hang on there. We're going to come back. We, well, Keith and I have a load of questions. And for anyone who's interested in calling in, uh, the number is five, six, one. Uh, 623-9429 that's 561-623-9429 baby boomers hey call in and uh, tell us what you're thinking millennials uh, do the same and gen x you don't want to forget keith and and his gang middle children we'll be right back behind everything you're searching for is something you're actually looking for When you search with the real Yellow Pages, you get more than a contractor. You get a whole new curb appeal. It's not just getting directions to a dry cleaner with YP.com. It's rescuing an old favorite from the back of the closet. And it's more than finding a locksmith with YP.com on your mobile. It's getting to sleep in your own bed. Whatever it might be, there are more ways to search and more ways to find exactly what you're looking for with the real Yellow Pages, YP.com, and YP.com on your mobile, only from AT&T. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at SuccessPerformanceSolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Welcome back uh, to another segment of Geek Skeezers and Googleization. We're here with uh, Jason Pfeiffer today from uh, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, uh, talking about why older generations are trashing young young people. Uh, Seems to be uh, a ritual Uh, going back uh, 
Historic proportions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Going back centuries. Uh, anyone who's interested in calling, um, number is 561-623-9429. Uh, hey, J- uh, Jason and uh, Keith and I were chatting at the break, uh, and uh, he had mentioned, uh, Jason had mentioned earlier, uh, about uh, the bicycle, uh, you know, what, how that was going to ruin society. And uh, we got on to talking about the radio uh, in the early 1920s uh, about that and, uh, you know, how that was going to disrupt families, or, or not the radio, the, tele- the telephone. Yeah, I mean, they said the it about the radio, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, but about the telephone that, uh, hey, we won't have to go visit Grandma anymore. We can just pick up the phone and call her. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know. And yeah, you know the next the next episode uh, it should drop uh, hopefully next week that I've been working on uh, for Pessimist Archive. The, my podcast is about the novel, which which was very very steeply resisted for all sorts of reasons. They said that it would make women go insane and infertile, that it was uh, going to turn boys into criminals. Uh, I mean, you know, this is the thing that today we think of as the highest form of art, but but it just goes to show a couple hundred years back, anything that you value was seen as uh, insane and scary. Yeah, and I'm sure this will upset uh, many of my my peers, my colleagues. I'm an older baby boomer, and you know. But when you talk about entitlement, it's interesting because people <laughs> talk about uh, you know don't don't touch Medicare, don't touch Social Security. Yeah. And now that I'm in that group, I, I hope right. that's true. Right. Uh, but the you know the reality is is that we feel that we're entitled. Um, because we contributed for 30, 40, 45, mm-hmm. 50 years, uh, and yet the expectancy was that we'd live till we were 70, 75, and now, you know, my mother just celebrated her 95th birthday uh, last week, um, and there, and she's not alone. I mean, there's a lot of 80, 90, and even 100-year-olds uh, that are out there that are collecting it 30, 40 years past uh, what the expectation was, so, and and that you know not only is that le- legitimately an entitlement, um, but you know people work for forty years and now they're retired for fifty. Yeah, you know that, that's that's a that, that's that's a problem. So there there's entitlement goes both ways. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's very different. Uh, for right, I mean that's that's uh i mean i so i totally sympathize with that i mean you you were you were delivered you were promised something you followed the rules and then the the economics of it changed uh but you don't feel on an individual level the economics of it changing uh should impact your ability to get out what you were promised i i mean i i totally sympathize with that uh you know I mean, the, the problem of course with that it goes to this is a completely different conversation but there's just there we just we just don't have political will in this country right. to make any any kind of hard decision at all and so everything just gets um down to the, the breaking way. point yeah yeah yep. yep. yeah we'll yep. we'll stay off topic of, we'll stay off of that one <laughs> why don't we uh you know but maybe looking at it from a different angle me personally when i see the disruption that today's technology has brought to you know the world in general it really does make the 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 younger generation or do you think do you agree with me here that the younger generations are just sitting with so much more knowledge and so much more access to information where if you have a decade or, or, or maybe two decades of, of age difference, the, the, the millennials and the, and the Gen Xers are really gaining uh, ground on the older generations, which might cause for more concern by the, by the older generations. They, they're resistant to change. They want to keep the status quo, which is ultimately what the politicians do. They don't want change too much. They like everything standing the same. You know, you mentioned 
J.C. Norman in your article. She talks about oh, how... Jace Norman. Yeah. Jace Norman, yeah. She talks about how there's just too much noise and not enough substance out there. Yeah. You think that the older generations are getting caught up in their own hoopla? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, one of my favorite examples uh, of all time uh, is uh, is from this 1896 article about the bicycle. So the, you know, the bicycle at the time was pretty new, and it was altering people's behavior and also altering the... Um, um, their consumer behavior. And so th this reporter in 1896 goes and talks to a whole bunch of people who are impacted by the bicycle, uh, which, you know, includes bar owners because people are drinking more water instead of sitting around um, drinking beer because they're riding the bicycle and uh, people who make shoes because bicyclists are buying different shoes. And then there's this there's this guy who sells fancy felt hats and the fancy felt hat guy is not selling as many fancy felt hats because people are buying these bicycling caps. And he's very, very upset and proposes that every that there will be a law passed that every cyclist needs to buy two felt hats every year <laughs> to compensate him for the loss of felt hats, right? <laughs> and you know, like we laugh at that, we laugh at that, and we should laugh at that. But I propose to you that we do some version of that all the time. Yep. Everybody, if you are in a job and you have seen some kind of change coming and you say, you know what, I'm not going to embrace that change. I'd rather continue to do the old thing. Then you are the fancy felt hat person who's demanding that there will be a law passed. Like you have to evolve, period. And I know that gets harder as you get older. And it's easy for me to say at age 38. But I um, but but frankly, it's just true. And if you feel threatened by young people and their new technology coming into the workplace but uh, you know then th that's your own damn fault because you have the ability to learn that technology too it's not just the it's not just the domain of young people you can keep up with it it's just a choice of whether or not you want to have you seen jason that's a really good point have you seen how like uh do the younger people step up and, and try to engage the older generations and say, don't worry about it, let's work this out, or is it, does it go the other way, where the older, someone representing the older generation says, maybe we should step closer to the middle here and help these kids out? Have you seen anything? Yeah, Any I, think that, I mean, I think that you see a lot of everything, right? So you will see older and younger people who are interested in, in learning from the other generation. And you'll see older and younger people who see the other generation as a foreign species and are not interested in engaging with them. And, um, and I, I think that the smartest leaders create an environment in which those two generations are able to find and understand the value that each other brings. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, like younger people, Younger people are very well aware of their uh, their their limitations, right? I mean, they know they know some things and they know, don't know other things, and uh, they are they are looking to learn. I mean, the one thing that I feel very uh, that I see all the time is that is that young young people they they have a, they often have a lot of confidence about themselves, um, and they have they've never been they no generation has ever had the number of tools available to them to um, to help facilitate uh, entrepreneurship or anything else, right? That you just ha you just have all this stuff available to you, which is amazing. Um, but they are also often very, very aware that um, that 
counsel from somebody who has been in that industry or a long time is really useful. And you see examples of it across the board from, you know, from Airbnb who brought in Chip Heath to, to you know, the, the um, hospitality uh, veteran to, to help out. And um, you just you just see these kinds of things all the time. And, and people, uh, young, young, young founders of big companies turn to often their, you know, their investors who are uh, who are very experienced and, and have been around it. You do see it. And I think that a leader should be uh, encouraging that as much as possible. Hey, Jason, I know you, you got to hop off shortly and uh, we're going to be coming up against a break here a little bit. Uh, but I wanted to uh, and I do, really do appreciate you being on the show. Oh, yeah, thanks, uh, we are going to we're going to put the uh, article up. Uh, it'll be on the blog. It'll be uh uh, there'll be a link to it within the podcast. So uh, for those who haven't had a chance to read it yet, uh, you must do it. But I know you're uh, pretty excited. I guess in uh, six days you got a, your book coming out. Yeah, uh, Mr. Nice Guy. Uh-huh. So uh, we, we, Keith and I were uh, reading the excerpt a little bit up online. But uh, why don't you tell us what it's about? I, you wrote it with your wife, I believe. Yeah, I did. I wrote it with my wife. It's a romantic comedy. It's a novel. It's about two people who each week sleep together and then critically review each other's performance in a magazine. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a great and it's uh, so it's set in the media in the media world in New York and you know and it's actually pretty relevant in a way to the conversation that we're having right now because it, it you know I mean it's, it's about these two sex columnists but it's really set in a world of transition in, in media where you have all these young upstarts who are coming in um, to a you know a, a, a industry that used to be very very exclusive and the domain of big personalities and that's gotten shaken to its core because of the economics of media so you have a couple of these the old editors who walk around like they're gods and they have a bunch of young underpaid 22 year olds and that really that there creates a clash and an interesting culture clash and and we uh, i experienced that myself coming into media at the age that i did uh, at a moment of transition and we we tried to really reflect that in the book um but it's a, yeah it's a lot of fun it comes out on uh, october 16th and you can get it wherever you get books uh, you know amazon barnes and noble your local independent bookstore audible.com uh, and it's called mr nice guy yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, and absolutely good luck for it. It's an exciting time. I, I know I, a year ago at this point was mine was just starting to come out. You can get it on a pre-order app up on Amazon as we checked it out, you know, from there. Yeah. Um, Jason, again, really appreciate you taking some time. Any closing words, thoughts, uh, advice yeah, that you can sure. provide our, our listeners? Sure. Well, I would summarize it very quickly. Do not fear the new. Try to, uh, to understand how it fits into your world and don't fear that it will replace something. Nothing replaces. Everything integrates. So so embrace, learn how to integrate, and let's all move forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it, it sounds like that. My, I don't know if you, you realize, but my uh, TED Talk uh, that I did two years ago was uh, called Make Change Work for You. Oh, uh, so nice. it, it, it. It fit, it, yeah, it fits well in, in line with that. So again, I appreciate very much. Uh, we, we've been listening to Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief at Entrepreneur Magazine. We've been talking about the millennials, why older people keep trashing young people. We'll be uh, putting the link up to that article on the uh, podcast, on the blog, uh, and you'll be able to download it there. Uh, make sure you uh, go up to Amazon or any bookstore and order or pick up a copy of Mr. Nice Guy. And uh, thanks very much, Jason. We're coming up against our break here, and we're going to sign off in just a minute. Uh, for those who want to call in uh, after the break and talk about baby boomers, millennials, or anything else, our future of work, automation, AI, robots, um, give us a call at 561 561- Six two three nine four two nine. 
the yp.com website is your local search engine. If you're looking for a good restaurant, it can help you find the right one nearby with ratings and reviews. Or if your car breaks down, you can use the YP app to find the closest repair shop. Or maybe you're just looking for something to do on a Friday night. Well, it has great local coupons for all sorts of things in your area. No matter what, when, or where, if you're looking for something, YP Local Search can help you find it. So go to yp.com or download the app to search local, find local, and save local. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek, Skeezers, and Googleization show powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. everybody to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. Keith Compagni here with Ira Wolf. Ira, Jason was fantastic. It's amazing to was, see somebody. He was outstanding. With, We're honored to have him as our guest here. I can only imagine the different, the, the, the number of perspectives that he has and he gets. And, and um, I've learned that once you have so many, if you get a lot, enough perspective, you just see things completely differently. And uh, it fascinates me to, to, to for somebody like him to come in and say, fear nothing because everything winds up working out for for improvement and yeah there might be nuances and there certainly have been bad ideas but uh if you're out there listening give us a call 561-623-9429 uh one of the things i i connected in terms of listening to jason and my own experiences has to do with uh, a company that i was working with looking to hire having hiring problems a uh, accounting firm and the 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 woman, the, the senior VP that I was talking to, met, of HR, mentioned to me that they have the massive amount of their employees are 60 years or older, and then this huge gap, and then all of these younger millennials trying to establish relationships with clients. And the, her biggest challenge was that the the older generation employees were holding on. And they weren't willing to help. And I think that ties into something you said earlier about how some individuals want to retire faster. Others are taking their time. So it seems as though this is an uphill battle for 
for some companies out there, some people yeah. out there. Well, and things got, you know, not only when we talk about how fast things changes, but, uh, you know, 2008, you know, it's 10 years ago, the uh, markets mm-hmm. crashed, the economy mm-hmm. was terrible. Uh, we had a, a very long recovery coming out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, a lot of the uh, baby boomers, you know, they were expecting that uh, 10,000 baby boomers are going to, you know, turn 65 every day. And that meant they were going out of the workforce. And as it turned out, they didn't leave no. the workforce because no. they had a they had to work to replenish the retirement, you know, funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are about to retire, and they realize, what am I going to do? Because mm-hmm. uh, certainly, baby boomers uh, aligned their purpose in life with work. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm probably one of them. I mean, yeah. I, I people ask continually ask me, "Am I going to retire?" And I just keep remaking myself, and I'm right. having I'm having fun, having and I'm fun. using technology. You know, some something that Jason said right at the end, and I, I know he had to get off, so I didn't bring it up. But you know, you, you talked, you would ask the questions about millennials. Um, you know, te- mentoring, teaching, coaching. You know, older people, mm-hmm. um, and vice versa. Um, you know, because there's, there's a lot of knowledge and, and time. Uh, when um, my mother and who uh, said, you know, last just last week, two weeks ago, she turned 95, and my father-in-law were here uh, in June. Um, I pulled out my uh, Oculus uh, glasses, my <laughs> VR, my virtual reality. And, you know, my mother's, uh, you know, for 95, I mean, she does emails on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. she at least carries a mobile phone um, to, she only calls out on it. She says it doesn't allow her to call in. But um, my father-in-law, you know, the the closest thing to modern technology that he has is a cordless phone at home. (laughs) You know, that's the wireless uh, in his world. But we put them both, I, I put the glasses on both. I had to help them a little bit in figuring out how to use the hand control. So that was a little bit uh, entertaining right. to, to get that so they can turn it on. Um, and I record, I actually recorded them. And my mother was in, was, uh, had, had the lenses on for, uh, or the headphones, uh, their headpiece on, uh, maybe about a half hour, 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. And I had no idea where um, my, my wife's father was going to go. Jerry was going to go with it. And um, he's, his name is also Jerry. Um, we put it on. He was there like an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes. And it kept going from one scene to another. So, you know, there was that's a, a good example of, you know, you take people that really are not comfortable with technology. Um, you know, both grew up, uh, actually were born it. before the Great Depression. Right. So they've seen, um, you know, the end of a world war. Uh, a whole, you know, a couple other wars. They've seen disruption. They've seen everything that you know. I've certainly seen, and then, and including you, and lots of experiences. And and you brought them into uh, an experience that most people have never had. Right. I mean, e- even uh, even today, most people have not experienced uh, virtual reality, and yet they did. Now, you know, what's the application for that? Um, you know, from from their con- you know their concern. I wish they were easier to use, and I wish. Uh, um, both of them had wireless, um, uh, internet at home. I mean, my, you know, my, my father-in-law doesn't have it at all. My mother, it doesn't have wireless set up, uh, but that they could use the uh, glasses because they not, not only could, they can visit anywhere. They can do anything. They can watch movies. They it, it, it's entertaining. Mm -hmm. Um, it keeps them stimulated. And, uh, so there's, there's so many applications for some of these things they go what's the purpose of virtual reality or augmented reality and then we go to our world yep. uh you know recruiting and staffing and hr um at the at the conference last week um one of the people from the manufacturing came, company came up and said 
um, did I know of any companies that were doing a good job at training people, you know, using virtual reality yeah, sure. because they got these very sophisticated sure. machines. Yep. Um, they have they're they're dispersed around the well around the world, but around the country especially, and they needed people to. Um, they need a way to train people on the spot, right? Uh, and you know, virtual reality is going to be the solution for that. And, and but it also speaks to what I think is the macro element here, and it's really the other side of technology, which is people. And you look at how these younger generations are coming up with literally, we're cyborgs at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Tell ask somebody to take their phone away from them for a day and see how easily that that's done. <laughs> Not to say that they won't, but it won't be done easily. And and you recognize these level of efficiencies and these this uh, access to information that the younger generations have and they they're just they seem much more advanced than the the older generations and they've got you know that sense of understand the way they learn is enhanced you know they could sit down and and you know you you put an older an older person in the workforce in front of a new computer program and it's almost a deer in headlights maybe not all of them right but for the younger generations, they're like, okay, what does this look like? Where's my familiarity? And they start moving faster. But yet, they're, so again, there's this notion of the younger generation could certainly help the older generations. Uh, and I, it fascinates me to, to, to learn from small businesses and large corporations how they're starting to blend these uh, these generations together. Yeah, and I think we, and even you and I need to be careful. I mean, we've sort of covered all the bases. You know, we got a, a, a boomer here. We got a Gen X. You know, Jason was on the verge of millennial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, through all these conversations. Uh, but we need to be careful with the stereotypes. I mean, I... You know, because, um, you know, my company, Success Performance Solutions, uh, we do a lot of pre-employment testing. And one of the fastest growing areas is on uh, reasoning skills, cognitive skills. Mm -hmm. And it's not how smart someone is. It's how quickly people can learn new things. And I got to tell you, it's pretty much across the board. I mean, that that there are some older workers that people want to test to, to see, uh, you know, why they're struggling. But there's a lot of young workers that are struggling with the, the pace of change and all the new technologies that are come up. And a lot of people know, uh, both all generations, they know how to use the phone. Mm-hmm. And boy, they their thumbs move much faster than mine uh, when it comes to typing. But if you ask them how to uh, access something or if they lose an app or um, you know something's not working properly, they're pretty clueless. Yeah. And, and I think that's the challenge. It, it's that people know how to use devices. They know how to use, they, they know how to ride a bike. We were talking right. about the bike. Right. They know how to use a telephone. They know how to use a typewriter. Uh, they know how to, people know how to use a computer. Right. Um, but they don't necessarily know how to, re- I don't want to say fix it, but, right. but well, it's but almost, change with it, that, it goes back know? to something. I, I had a conversation uh, about a week or two ago with someone else called Dilemma solving you know there's Mm -hmm. something you know there's problem solving then there's dilemma solving and i just thought of this uh many years ago i was at a dinner and i forgive his name it wasn't the the most popular uh philadelphia basketball college basketball coach but it was a guy who everyone in the room now knew i'm not a philly guy so i didn't know him and he told a story about when he was growing up he he had a flat tire 
and it was pouring rain, and he had to call his dad, who really wasn't the kind of dad who sounds like to, one of those commercials on the TV. To, right, <laughs> the he didn't want to solve companies. your problems, right? right? So he calls his father up in the middle of the rain, middle of the night, pouring rain. His father gets out of bed, drives over, and he tells a story how his father pulls up as he, as he's down at the wheel trying to. Uh, and what happened was the rain had washed away the four lug nuts that were five lug oh, wow. nuts that okay. were holding on the <laughs> one wheel. Problem. So the, the the father literally pulls up, rolls down his window, and he says to his son, "It seems to me you haven't you could put together a couple extra lug nuts from the other three wheels and get home." Rolled his window up and drove away, right. just like that. And I think there's that experience factor of knowing that you could sit down and work with a piece of uh, whether it be something in a, a blue collar environment manufacturing environment or a digital technology environment there's that idea that you can sit down and learn and take time doing yeah. it well that's and it's a good example uh, you know even uh, you know changing a tire you know what happens if you get a flat mm -hmm. and i think over the generations it became that you know you wanted your kids to be safe uh, and you didn't teach them how to change the tire. You taught them how to call AAA yep. or somebody um, to get them there. And and there's good reasons for that. Mm -hmm. And certainly having some young kids out in the back road and, you know, some, not only in a, in a safe location, but you just don't know who was going to get stopped and kidnapped sure. or harassed. Yeah, uh, yeah. fear. So, and yeah. then we go back to Jason's yeah. Thing, yeah. element of yeah. fear, which yeah. I speak but, to. But there's a lot, a lot of basic things and, and certainly knowing how to change a tire doesn't make mm -hmm. somebody a good or a bad person yep. uh, but there there are a ton of skills you know like that uh, that are that keep changing hey I've, it's hard to believe we're we're actually coming up almost yeah, yeah we yeah. we got a, a couple minutes left uh today um we've been talking a lot about uh, millennials older generations young generations change mm -hmm. uh there's so many else things going on uh, i just wanted to bring up um uh, uh, I'm actually speaking again tomorrow and next week. I'm in um, I'm in uh, Dow in Fort Worth at the uh, uh, Southwest yep. Conference yep. on Tuesday. And we're talking about recruiting in the age of Googleization up at Kalahari um, tomorrow. Yep. Uh, talking to a pro property management group. Every industry is yep. dealing with that. Uh, and we were talking before the show went on just about Google. How you know my the age of Googleization uh, was my Perfect. timing was was so good with that because. Uh, Google's certainly disrupting the workplace yep. uh, with Google for Jobs um, and and many other you know features. Um, the uh, online course that I developed for Google for Jobs uh, hopefully will be online in a in a week or so. Mm -hmm. uh, was busy putting some of the copy. If anybody's interested, just uh, you can email me or you can go up to my website, uh, successperformancesolutions.com. Uh, and uh, just uh, you can click on any of the uh, replies or even chat and say, hey, I'd like uh, the link to uh, sign up for that. Um, there's some discounts and some other information that's there. Um, and uh, you can read about that online. But yep. uh, um, getting uh, getting your jobs, um, and I know a lot of people still use Indeed uh, and, and other and even eight. Uh, you know, ATS, Jobvite, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, which is a sponsor. We're really grateful for them uh, having them on board. Uh, but uh, there's a lot there's, there's a lot moving on, a lot changing. So keep in tune with that. And speaking of Jobvite, we're now asking people, we're about to start collecting data for our Recruiter Nation uh, mm. national report. And so it's a great report. Yeah. I, I use I use the data all the time yeah. in mine. You know, you know that we're so. one of those companies that get it. I, I, the part of the part of the experience that I love being a Jobvite is that we're we're really well established as a thought leader, not just in technology but in recruitment. So being able to get that information not just from the 
you know, I think they placed a million jobs. You know, a million jobs have been placed through mm-hmm. JobLite software. But ultimately, the the knowing that we're looking for what's going on out there. So, you know, for those of you out there listening, take a take a look at uh, JobLite.com. We're we're asking people to fill out information, fill out forms, and let us know what's going on. So, not only can we make the world a better place one job at a time, but we can help the rest of the world realize where they are. And you know how it goes. It's all in the data. Yeah. And, and I mean, the amount, and it, and it goes into some of the conversations we're going to have in the next couple of weeks, just yep. about big yep. data and analytic, yep. people analytics. Uh, we hope we're going to have some uh, some guests that, that talk yep. about that and the ethics of that. Yep. Um, but I know I use that sales funnel that you had mm-hmm. uh, all the time. And I always impress about people, you know, this wasn't done in, in two or 300 companies and have a thousand people in it. I mean, in, in, the, in the statistics that we had, it's 50 million job applic- job seekers and 10 million applications. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just incredible, which, which really gives it some substance. Um, we want to talk, um, it's uh, our second show, our third show next week is going to be, um, our guests are going to be Nicolette Hawking and Rebecca Weaver. Uh, they have a company, HR Uprise. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I reached out to them. I uh, wanted to get them on the show. There's just so much going on with regards to the Me Too, Me Too movement. Yeah, especially the, after the hearings last uh, week and, before, what's going, yeah. and, and the elections coming up. And f- ladies and gentlemen, we want to be able to give you what we feel is the what's real and whether or not that's through analytics or whether that's or not that's through people. We're gonna try. We're gonna bring some really good guests coming, and I know that Nicolette and Rebecca are excited. I caught up with them last week when they were in New York for for uh, some other speaking engagements, and uh, look forward to next week. We're gonna have a lot to offer, and I'm excited about them coming on the show. Yeah, and then in the future, we've got uh, uh, Janine uh, Woodworth from Jobvite. She's gonna be talking about uh, lessons learned from consulting with. Uh, uh, talent acquisition organizations. Um, we've got uh, Robbie Goulin from Engage. I, we had a great conversation Monday. Yeah, I wish cool I would have recorded it. Yeah, um, about the AI's impact on recruiting. Uh, just crazy stuff going yeah. on. Uh, that's really good. And then the following week, we're talking about recruiting, marketing. Um, we all, uh, The end of uh, November, we got another uh, great guy, Phil Strazula uh, from NetWave Hire. Uh, they're doing a really phenomenal job with inbound marketing. Yep. So, I mean, it sounds like we're doing sales here, right. <laughs> which was for recruitment. Uh, and then uh, we've got, uh, I've got uh, Eric Meyer. Uh, he's a, a cool guy, a really good guy. He's an attorney in Philly um, and uses, he uses social media a lot. Yep. And uh, it's interesting for an attorney yep. doing it. Uh, but we're going to be talking about uh, that on uh, on social media. So check us out at the, the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show.com. Uh, yeah. You can look Iron up on LinkedIn, and we can, you know, if you have a uh, suggestion for a guest or a topic, don't yeah. be shy. If you want to be a guest, yeah, yeah. just let us know. Reach if you've written a book, got some thoughts, uh, call in. Um, we do record it live. Uh, the the pod, the shows are then on demand on iHeartRadio. Uh, and um, I don't know. You have any final words for this week? No, Keith? no. Um, looking forward to seeing everybody down in Kissimmee, Florida. Next week, there's so much energy that comes with these conferences in terms of how to make life easier for everyone who's trying to prove their their lot in life by advancing their career. So yeah. looking forward to it. Thanks Safe travels. We'll have a lot to report next week. Uh, yeah. Back, uh, you'll be at the ERE. I'm going to be out at the Southwest uh, Conference out in Fort Worth. A lot of good people. 
Uh, until next week, I hope everybody has a, a safe travels, good week, productive week. And this is Ira and Keith from the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show. Take care.